RN Survival Radio Network. Physician, entrepreneur, Dr. Aaron Williams. This show is brought to you live and by podcast on the Survival Radio Network. I hope you had a great week. I hope that it was productive. Hopefully you're living well, and I don't mean from a money standpoint, but you are taking care of yourself as well as your family and having some balance in life. So as I always say every week, I hope today you go out and have some fun. Have some exercise and some healthy food unless it is your cheat day. Remember, your health is your wealth. Now, as a proud alumnus of Florida A&M University, I would be remiss if I did not send a shout-out to my fellow Rattlers and Rattler fans. Today is homecoming in Tallahassee, Florida. So all of my Rattlers that are listening, happy homecoming. I hope the football team will do its job and win today. And I know as a former member of that famous and incomparable marching band, the Marching 100, I know they will do their job today and provide a creative and dynamic show for all the homecoming fans. FAMU is 130 years old, just recently celebrated its anniversary this month. It was recently ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the top public universities in the country and the number one producer of African-Americans achieving bachelor's and doctoral degrees. So the tradition of excellence continues. Now, last week we touched on a very important topic. You know October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And so last week we had Winifred Bate Polk on to talk about the relationship between obesity and breast cancer and a number of other cancers. But not only that, what can we do about it? I also had Dr. Rodney Nash. He is the co-founder, president, and CEO of Jeevan Biosciences. And we talked about the fabulous research that he's been doing at his biotech company concerning breast cancer, particularly triple negative breast cancer, which is one of the most aggressive types of cancer. So, We've had some great topics on our shows with some dynamic guests. If you missed any of them, you can go back and listen to them on podcasts. Just go to www.weeklywellnessshow.com and scroll down to the Weekly Wellness Show logo. It's orange and green. And listen to whatever show that you like. And don't forget, if you think that information will help someone else, you can always share that information. Now, next week, oh, God, I have another great topic with another uh, great guest. I got Dr. Eddie Island. He is a transplant surgeon, and he trans- transplants a lot of different organs, and he specifically does a lot of work with regard to liver. So w- next week, we're going to be talking about the importance of organ donation, and what happens and what goes on with regard to organ transplantation. So if you have any questions and topics, please email me at Williams at weeklywellnessshow.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Williams. Hey, and don't forget, join our Facebook group page. Uh, that way you'll see uh, all the things that we're doing. You'll catch some of the weekly tips, uh, and I think you'll stay informed. Now, today we have another exciting and informative show for you, along with the interesting topics and dynamic guests. You know, it's fall, and so the leaves are falling. It's not only football season, the leaves are falling. But you know what? Guess what else is falling? Give up? Well, the death rate 
among women with breast cancer is also falling. The American Cancer Society recently came out with new data that shows that the incidence of women dying with breast cancer has decreased by 39%, therefore saving 322,000 lives. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. In our second segment, I'm going to have Dr. Lakeisha White Richardson on. She's an OBGYN physician and surgeon. She's been on our show before. She's talked to us about fibroids. So if you missed that, you need to go back and listen to it. We're going to talk about breast cancer screening and prevention and what can we do to improve these rates. You know, these rates are good, are getting better because of what we're going to be talking about. And in our first segment, we are going to be talking to Coach Bruce Hinkson with regard to some more great fitness tips. So before we get into that and go any further, I'd like to go to our first commercial break. So ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned. Don't touch that dial and be informed. Looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop too. iDope, iDope, globally inspired vision stylewear, a fusion of classic heritage and contemporary sophistication. An essential part of your lifestyle and fashion expression. iDope, iDope, vision stylewear for the fashion forward and socially conscious. Let's make this a dope world together. iDope, iDope. Available online at iDope.com. That's E-Y-E-D-O-P-E. iDope.com. Survival Radio Network, with now more than one million downloads. Congratulations to the staff, producers, engineers, and hosts for your tireless pursuit of excellence. And thank you, our loyal listeners, for supporting this movement to inspire, motivate, and educate people worldwide. Survival Radio Network, Survival Radio Christian Network, and our new Survival Sports Radio Network broadcast top-notch shows Sunday through Saturday. Check us out by visiting our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us. SRN, we do radio one million strong. The S-R-N. Welcome back. Uh, It is simply splendid that you're able to join us today. Again, you're listening to the Weekly Wellness Show, your resource for better health on the survival Radio Network with over 1 million downloads. That is simply marvelous. We appreciate the staff at the Survival Radio Network. I am your host, Dr. Aaron Williams. Our first guest today is no stranger to our show. He, as you know, is a franchise owner of the Orange Theory Fitness Studio in Barbersville, West Virginia. So he is doing a lot with regard to training and fitness and even nutrition. Uh, He's been very helpful to the community as well as the state of West Virginia. He's expanded his reach on a national level. So we continue to bring you some good information on a weekly basis from Coach Bruce Hinkson. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's welcome to the show fitness man himself, Coach Bruce. Thank you. What's going on? What's going on? How are you? (laughs) I got to say uh, a shout out to my fellow Rattlers out there myself. You know, I'm a a Rattler myself, so I got to 
I got to send the shout out. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's right. It's homecoming today. Hope the deal do well. The beauty of homecoming is just seeing all those old friends that you went to school with and their families and, you know, see who's, uh, what everybody else is doing. It's just a beautiful thing. And uh, next year, hopefully, I'll be doing a live broadcast from it, so we won't have to miss it. But I'm glad that you're able to come on the show today and, you know, help keep us fit. You know, you know, we've had all these New Year's resolutions and all this. And, you know, Coach Bruce, you've already talked to us about uh, fall fitness. Uh, we're, we're in that fall season. Uh, so I hope everybody's following your recommendations with regard to that. Uh, but what are some other things we need to do with regard to fitness and staying on track, uh, you know, staying healthy? Well, um, first of all, I want to say a shout-out to um, just basically knowing that uh, the cancer rate has dropped uh, among women. Um, that's a big deal. You know, my grandmother, she didn't have breast cancer, but she has ovarian cancer. Uh, I have quite a few members here. Um, who are cancer survivors uh, at my studio. So it's always a pleasure to see them fighting through and you know, continue on and being strong as possible and knowing that, you know, it's, it's one day at a time. So I'm glad to uh, be a part of that and uh, to see the strength that is uh, within. Right. But, uh, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, so it's a big deal. So I'm very proud to be a part of that. So to touch on... What you were just saying, you know, I know I gave some tips for the fall fitness, things like that, but it's always about the change. You know, when fall comes and it's that time where there's no more running outside, uh, you start to think about what's next. Um, and you're thinking about, man, i got to make this change, but with the holidays, that's going to be very, very challenging. You know, change isn't easy, but it is possible. Um, there's just different rules to it, you know. Uh, first step to me is to identify what's most important and ask yourself, uh, what is it that you want to improve most about your health? Uh, so that's a big thing in that change psychology and the first step to taking uh, and making that change is to say. Right. you, you got to set some goals. got to identify, you know, like you said, what what areas can you improve in? Is it is it your weight? Is it your blood pressure? Uh, do you want to be healthy enough to be around for your kids and spouse? So, yeah, I agree. you got to start with that. Definitely. And then the second thing, you know, uh, it's tough. It's not impossible, like I said. You know, you just want to make things a little smaller. They're complex, but you could break down that behavior. Uh, step number two is really just identify the limiting factors. You know, what's been holding you back? How can we increase and overcome um, all your all your challenges and probabilities of success and break down the behavior? So we want to just identify those limiting factors. Everyone has limiting factors. Myself, my limiting factor, and uh, it's a joke here at the studio. It's Oreos. <laughs> I love Oreos. Okay. All right. You know, like, don't don't put an Oreo in front of me. It's gonna be gone. So that that's right. uh, something I identify, and I know that uh, I have to work around that. You know, establish a healthier habits, a healthier lifestyle around that because that's something I, I just can't give up. <laughs> you know, it may sound right. weak, but we all have all have our vices. At Coach Bruce, I also heard you a pumpkin spice guy. So. You know, you, you, you have <laughs> no idea. Really have, you have no idea. You have no idea, man. They call, they say I'm basic right. around here because I love my pumpkin spice latte. So right, um, I love uh, pumpkin spice. Anything, I'm I'm weak for it. So, yeah, man. I just right. uh, I, I think identifying your limiting factors and knowing how to work around those kind of things because we all want to be human, uh, especially with the holidays right. coming up. Families coming in. Uh, we have friends. You know, some people at, at you know uh, family homecoming today. Uh, it's right. you've got to think about. Well, I don't want to be the weird person at the at the game, so right. Think about right. think ahead and identify those limiting factors. Right, right. So establish a goal, set up. You know, identify your limiting factors. Uh, those are those are those are two things we can start with. Go, go ahead. Yeah, two things you can start with, and then number three, and I'll continue on next week. You know, it's just number three. It's just. Identify a place, you know, or environment, a resource that can help you achieve it. Uh, that's what okay. really that's what makes uh, you know that's what makes Orange Theory Fitness so unique. You know, it's uh, unlike any other environment out there. Period. Because we are the place where you can identify that. Uh, you know, we encourage you, we walk you through it. Uh, the training is diverse. The workouts are never the same. You know, for an entire year, and we just create that challenge within yourself 
you know, so we learned about you first. And that's the most important part. What I think also in my field of uh, health and wellness and nutrition and having a studio of my own, you know, you've heard me mention this before, is learning about that person, learning what encourages that person, learning what is the next step for that person and how they can improve on their challenges. Right. Well, well, you know, when I was in your studio, uh, Coach Brooks, when I was in your studio, I noticed that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a group's exercise and everybody's, you know, there together. So for group fitness, it works out because you're not in the gym by yourself necessarily. And you got other people trying to reach some of the similar goals that you have. But what I noticed also in your studio, and this is based on the Orange Theory Fitness business model, is that everybody it still has their own individual tracking, their individual goals. So I think that's very, very important that you can get help from a coach. You can also, you know, surround yourself with like-minded people, but also maintain your individual goals and objectives. Exactly, absolutely. And uh, that's what I've always, for the last 10 years, you know, I've always, uh, like I said, my, my background is sports psychology, so it's always been the one thing I want to focus in on, on you, the person, the individual, and not the one-size-fits-all or the all-or-nothing approach. And that's why when I implement my nutrition coaching also, um, I find out about you. I find out what are your limiting factors. Uh, you know, do you have any ailments, any illnesses, anything like that, where we need to work around? Uh, and that's a mistake. I think that's made in the field as a whole is they don't try to learn about the person first. You know, um, you always see like the uh, some professionals out there. They're like, well, if it's not my way, then it's the highway. Yeah, and I don't, I don't agree with that. That's not how people are successful. Right, right. Yeah, not, it's not a one-size-fits-all deal. So that's great. All right, well, I like those tips. So, you know, summarize, set your goals, number one. Number two, define your weakness so you know you can plan for it and override it. And number three, get around like-minded people and get help. So that all makes sense to me, uh, Coach Bruce. How can one reach you? I know I, re- I even reached out to you this week with someone with a question. Uh, how can someone reach you with regard to any of the – their nutritional or fitness uh, advice? Well, my email is B, as in boy, Hinkson, so B-H-I-N-C-K-S-O-N at gmail.com. Uh, I always have people emailing me, asking me questions about nutrition and how I can best help them, so you, that's a very good place for you to reach me. Um, there's also my studio phone number, which is 304-521-1500. And uh, our Facebook page is Orange Theory Fitness Barbersville, and that's our Facebook page, and you can private message us on there also. But the best way to reach out to me is by that email, which is bhinkson at gmail.com. All right, all right. And I remind everybody, he, he uh, is in West Virginia, but he's not limited to West Virginia. He's, he's helping people all over the country. So keep up the good work, Coach Bruce. Uh, we uh, want to have you back uh, to have another – to continue this narrative with regard to this. But thanks again for carving out some time today to talk to us. We greatly appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, I work with everyone, you know, number, number two running back out of San Diego State, you know, people in Washington State, all the way down to Florida. So I'm always here to help any and everybody um, just reach their goals. So thank you very much for always inviting me on the show. And go, family, Go Rattlers. All right. That's right. Ready to go, Rattlers. Okay, with that, we'll go to our second commercial break. So, ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned. We've got a great host, uh, guest, and topic coming up on this next segment. Do you have a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN. We do radio. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise 
and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you know that having a dirty filter in your heating and air system can cause major damage to your unit and pollute the air in your home? Having proper maintenance to your heating and air system is just like getting a tune-up on your car. Because you want today and avoid spending unnecessary money tomorrow. Call Temperature Design Heating and Air today. 770-823-7160. That's 770-823-7160. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The S R N. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's great to have you on the show, listening to the show. Again, you listen to the Weekly Wellness Show on the Survival Radio Network. In our first segment, we continue our conversation with Coach Bruce regarding some fitness tips and keeping you on track. In our second segment, you know, I talked earlier about the fact that we are improving with regard to decreasing the number of deaths of women with breast cancer. And a lot of this has to do with preparation and screening. Uh, But this is not by accident. A lot of work has been done. So I wanted to bring on today Dr. Lakeisha White-Richardson. She is a fellow of the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. She's a well-respected, board-certified OBGYN physician and surgeon. She's also known for her speaking engagements, her consultancy, as well as the fact that she's an adjunct clinical professor. Now, she's done a lot regarding with regard to women's health, uh, not only with regard to breast cancer, but also uh, just general wellness and sexual dysfunction involving women. Now, she was born and reared in the Mississippi Delta. That's good catfish country. I tell you, I used to live there. Great place to be. She is also an undergraduate of Xavier University, another university that is well known for producing uh, physicians and getting them into medical school. So therefore, she obtained her Doctor of Medicine from the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. She completed an internship and residency at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and she is currently in private practice in Greenville, Mississippi. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's welcome to the show Dr. Lakeisha White. Richardson. Good morning. How is everybody doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm so glad you're able to join us. Uh, I hope things are going well in Mississippi, and uh, and I know you're on the front line of this statistic I just quoted by the American Cancer Society with regard to a decrease in the number of death rates regarding breast cancer. So in your practice, Dr. Lakeisha, I'm quite, you, you see this, you, you're aware of this, you know, being involved in women's health. Yes. Um, unfortunately, I see this every day, and I've only been practicing here for nine years, but in the past two years, I've seen the rate of breast cancer diagnosis increase, and unfortunately, I've had two patients, both who were pregnant, um, die within a year of their diagnosis. So this topic in this month is especially important to me because early detection is really the key, and sometimes I think that we forget about 
um, early detection because those young lady, young ladies could still be with us today if those lumps had been diagnosed earlier. So I am very passionate about October. I'm very passionate about breast cancer awareness, and I want to see that number decrease greater than 39%. I would love to see that number down to 0% if possible, and I really think with more education and more funding and more support that we can get that number down. I agree. Um, some of the data, and I think I hear some echo in the background. I'm not sure. Rise on our producer, uh, whether we can get rid of that, or I don't know whether you have someone your end, Dr. Keisha. Uh, we just get a little echo, but um, I think that one of the things that they found with this is the fact that there's a difference in the screenings, particularly among African American women. In fact, what they showed was that nearly 40,000 women die of breast cancer in the U.S., but black women are 40% more likely to die of breast cancer than any other population. So I'm assuming that has to be related to what you just mentioned. Yes. So unfortunately, um, when you live in a poverty area, a lot of our patients are uninsured or underinsured. But that's not the only the only excuse. We have patients that actually have insurance. We have a fear of the word cancer. We have a fear of being diagnosed. Um, and some people simply have a fear of the mammogram just from, you know, being told that it's painful, that it's uncomfortable. And so I have women every day that I see with great insurance that pays for mammograms 100% who decline to have it done. Wow. Wow. Really? Really? Yes. So we Amazing. still have a a lot of education to do. We still have a lot of education to do. And most importantly, we have to, you know, educate patients that cancer is not a death sentence. Cancer does not equal death. You know, early detection equals life. Right. Right. Well, with the Affordable Care Act, um, you know, that also allowed for a lot of patients who otherwise would not have the means to get a mammogram to get it, you know, at no charge. I guess it depends on the the state that you're in. Uh, we also know that healthcare in our country is kind of still in limbo a little bit. But I think uh, we need to encourage people to take advantage of some of the uh, opportunity that we have to get free screening. I mean. Uh, I don't. I forgot no adage, but what is an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. Yes. And actually, here in the Mississippi Delta, we have lots of resources. We have a great local foundation that pays for free mammograms for women who are uninsured or underinsured called Delta Cotton Bales. But also, our hospital offers every year in the month of October, they can get their mammogram plus the reading for $99. So we have access and we have we have support systems in place. I still think that we're lacking in education and just, you know, informing women of how important it is to have these screening annual mammograms. Right, right. Well, Dr. Lakeisha, what are some of the risk factors uh, for, for breast cancer? Well, of course, the first, the first and most important risk factor is just being a female. And then secondly, I would say family history, but I want to add that a lot of women become complacent when they don't have a family history of breast cancer. Breast cancer um, in a family history is important, but just because you don't have a family history of breast cancer does not exclude you from being at risk. So family history, um, drinking alcohol. Also, if you go through menopause late or if you started your menses early, those are um, extremely important risk factors for breast cancer. And then, of course, we can't forget the BRCA genes, BRCA1 and 2, obesity, a previous history of breast cancer or radiation um, exposure early in life, particularly if they had chest exposure with radiation. Right, right. Yeah, I think with that alcohol, uh, as you know, I agree. They, they, they. I think the recommendation is they have maybe a drink a day. <laughs> Hopefully, they have that many, but you know, at least there's a there's a guideline there. And, and you know, they, you got to limit that because that definitely increases uh, the risk. I think last week we, you know, we had this topic again, but it was just on a different uh, level. And we talked about those cellular changes that cause a normal cell to differentiate into a cancer cell. So alcohol and all of the external chemicals also contribute to that uh, as well as diet. Uh, 
with Dr. Lakeisha, what about um, what about hormonal therapy? You know, particularly with birth control pills, is is that is that something that can put you at risk? Yes, actually, birth control pills have been shown to slightly increase your risk of of breast cancer. So, the longer you're on birth control pills, um, the higher your risk of potentially developing breast cancer. Wow. Okay. And is there is there an age uh, component regarding uh, this? Particularly, uh, we like for women to stop um, birth control at 35, if possible. Uh huh. Okay. And and I guess, the, is it true that the longer, you know, a woman lives, that increases her chance? Because uh, I think, at least in my my practice, most of the patients are, like, over the age of 50. But that doesn't, you know, I've seen plenty of 30, 40-year-old patients, you know, with breast, breast cancer, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I think breast cancer affects affects us all, which is why female, just being female, is the number one risk factor. I've seen a 21-year-old diagnosed with breast cancer, um, wow. and I've had a classmate pass away from breast cancer, and we're not even 40 yet. So to limit an age, um, I think, gives patients false hope. They think the patients start to think that, oh, I have time. You know, I don't need to start doing my mammograms until I'm 50. I'm too young to develop breast cancer. And so, of course, the the longer you live, the higher your risk factor for breast cancer. But to give patients a false hope to think that just because they're 25, that if they find a lump that is benign, um, would not be advising our patients, would not be in their best interest. So I think, you know, with self-breast exams, even though they're not old enough for mammograms yet, I think we really need to start reinforcing self-breast exams at the age of 21. We need to reinforce that a lump until your doctor tells you that it's benign or a fibroadenoma or that it's not cancer needs to be seen and evaluated as soon as possible because if you're female and if you have breast tissue, you're still at risk for breast cancer. Wow, yeah, that that is that is true. Uh, well, now you mentioned self-breast exams. Well, what 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 is a young lady or woman looking for? Well, the first thing we want the reason why we we preach about self breast exams is because we want women to become familiar with their breasts. So we want you to identify what your breasts feel like in a normal, healthy environment. So if you start at 18, if you start at 15, then you know if you've had a small lump in the right breast at the 12 o'clock position, you can say that's been there forever. So no one's going to know your breasts better than you. And even with a clinical breast exam, you know, it's going to be 12 months between each time when your physician checks your breast, and they're not going to remember every single lump. So the very first thing is just to become familiar with your breast, your nipples, your skin changes, the size. All of those things are important for you to remember so that when you have a new lump, so that when your nipple looks a little bit different, um, when there's discharge from the nipple, you identify those fat findings early so that you can be seen by your primary care provider. Okay. And um, and I think I asked you this last question, uh, asked you this next question uh, when you were on before talking about fibroids. When should a, a young lady start seeing a gynecologist? Well, actually, I think between 9 and 12 would be my first recommendation just so that we could discuss the HPV vaccine. But um, when I'm talking to adolescents, these things are things that have to become routine. They have to become part, they have to become part of your everyday life. So I recommend that moms, once our females start developing breast tissue, let's start explaining the, the breast exam. Let's start getting our females to start checking their breasts every month with menses. So once they start their mo- monthly cycle and it's on a regular basis, let's incorporate incorporate the self-breast exam so that this is something that they'll do for the rest of their lives. And again, early detection is um, best. So if we get these young ladies in the routine or habit of seeing us once a year, but they don't need a pap smear. They don't need a pap smear to 21. Uh-huh. But there are other there are other things that we can be discussing, personal hygiene, um, HPV vaccine, self-breast exams. Um, so they can start seeing us at nine or with their first menstrual cycle. Okay. okay. All right. That's good information uh, to know. And um, what about family history? Does that, would that? I guess that means you just need to start earlier and be more vigilant. Of course. But if um, if families are doing gene testing, 
um, especially uh-huh. with the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes, then family history is extremely important because, of course, we know that those genes also carry increased risk of ovarian cancer and other cancers. So family history is important. You just want to know if someone has had breast cancer and when they, they were diagnosed. But we also want to know if they were receptor positive, if they were receptor negative, and if they elected to have test, gene testing done because that changes um, how you perceive or what you may want to be your next step if you have a family member that's positive for um, genetic genes that cause breast cancer. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Well, Dr. Lakeisha, you know, we're going to take another uh, break um, and then come back. And when we come back, we're going to pick up with, uh, we talked about the signs, but we're going to talk about also the symptoms uh, of breast cancer. And uh, maybe even get into the most aggressive cancer that we talked about last week, triple negative, and 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 then take everyone through that route and see what we should do. So with that, let's go to another break. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. So please stay tuned and be informed. Looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure my coffee shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop, too. iDope, iDope, globally inspired vision stylewear. A fusion of classic heritage and contemporary sophistication. An essential part of your lifestyle and fashion expression. iDope, iDope, vision stylewear for the fashion forward and socially conscious. Let's make this a dope world together. iDope, iDope, available online at iDope.com. That's E-Y-E-D-O-P-E, iDope.com. Survival Radio Network, with now more than one million downloads. Congratulations to the staff, producers, engineers, and hosts for your tireless pursuit of excellence. And thank you, our loyal listeners, for supporting this movement to inspire, motivate, and educate people worldwide. Survival Radio Network, Survival Radio Christian Network, and our new Survival Sports Radio Network broadcast top-notch shows Sunday through Saturday. Check us out by visiting our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us. SRN, we do radio one million strong. The S-R-N. Do you have a business, product, service, or an event coming up? Is your current marketing getting you nowhere? Survival Radio Network is an award-winning network with over 1 million downloads. We're offering high-exposure 30-second spots on our network, reaching diverse demographics both locally and nationwide. Give us a call at 323-977-8172 or visit our website at www.survivalradionetwork.us today. SRN, we do radio. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. Do you know that having a dirty filter in your heating and air system can cause major damage to your unit and pollute the air in your home? Having proper maintenance to your heating and air system is just like getting a tune-up on your car. Because you want today and avoid spending unnecessary money tomorrow. Call Temperature Design Heating and Air today. 770-823-7160. That's 770-823-7160. 
Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The S-R-N. All right, we are back from our break. We're talking with Dr. Lakeisha White-Richardson regarding the importance of screening and the risk involving breast cancer. Before we took a break, we talked about the signs, but uh, what about some of the symptoms? Are there, is it usually a symptomatic diagnosis, uh, Dr. Lakeisha? Well, of course, early detection usually can be asymptomatic, and you just have a small finding on mammogram with no symptoms. And those are the breast cancers that we are hoping to find, just a finding on ultrasound or a finding on mammogram that's not even palpable. Um, but if you do have a palpable mass, it may be a large, hard knot. Um, there may be swelling, warmth, redness, changes in the size of the breast, dimpling or puckering, um, nipple discharge, or a new onset of pain. Okay. And, you know, this, uh, this triple negative that we talked about last week, you know, the pathology classified as, well, they, they say it looks like a, they call it um, poldy orange, but I guess for everybody out there, this type of uh, look, it looks just like an orange uh, to a certain extent. It has, you know, some dimpling and that kind of thing. And that's kind of one of the, uh, no, I'm sorry, that's called inflammatory breast cancer, not triple negative. That looks like that. Uh, that could be one of the signs. So I guess the bottom line is, is that if you incur any type of lump or dimpling, or any change, like you said earlier, Dr. Lakeisha, the the biggest thing first is to know your breast. And if you know that baseline, uh, then you notice whether there is any uh, changes that may occur. Correct. So, um, so now that we've done the signs and symptoms, what about what are some of the tests that that you can do to uh, see if someone uh, is at risk? or it actually has a diagnosis of breast cancer? So originally we'll start with a screening mammogram, which is what is covered um, by your insurance company, and that's part of your annual screening. So if you have an abnormal finding on your screening mammogram, the radiologist may recommend one of two things, may recommend a breast ultrasound after the mammogram, or may recommend a diagnostic uh, mammogram or a breast MRI. So that would be the next step, just a more definitive um, radiology study so we can isolate the lesion, identify the characteristics of the mass to see if it's suspicious for breast cancer. So if we come back with a mass that is suspicious for breast cancer, then of course the very next step is a general surgery, um, surgery consult and biopsy. Okay, and I get this question a lot in my practice. What, what are they looking for when they, when they order an ultrasound? Uh, how, how different is that from a mammogram? So with the ultrasound, they're they're looking to because of course on mammogram sometimes if you've had a biopsy before there can be scarring. If you've had breast reduction, you can have scarring. So those things sometimes can make your uh, mammogram abnormal without identifying a um, specific mass. So when you go to a breast ultrasound, then you're actually looking for you're looking to identify the mass. You're looking to measure the mass, and then you're looking for characteristics of the mass. Is this solid? Is this cystic? Is this an actual abscess, or is this a solid mass um, <clears throat> that displays characteristic of cancer more than an inflammatory process or an infectious process? Great. Now, also, another question I've also received uh, is what about if someone has had breast implants? Or nowadays, you know, they're doing this. I think they call it fat repositioning, uh, you know, for women who want, you know, more breast tissue. Does either of these, the, the artificial breast implants or the fat repositioning, does that 
kind of muddy the water when it comes to diagnosis? Sometimes. Sometimes it can make it more difficult to get um, adequate testing done, and you may find that you're, every year that in, in addition to your screening mammogram, you're going back for a follow-up mammogram in six months as opposed to a year, or you're having to get the breast ultrasound after the mammogram. So anything that changes our breast um, architecture or limit what um, we can see blocks what's up under the chest wall, of course, it's going to make it more difficult to identify with 100% accuracy that there's not a lump or abnormality present. Okay, and now take us through this genetic test. You mentioned that earlier. You talk about the genes. Uh, does does you, a family history mean that you have the gene? When should you first start getting tested? I mean, do you wait if it's just your mother or if, like, you have a maternal aunt, what are some of the criteria that you use in your practice to, to to suggest to a patient that they should have some type of genetic testing? So, no, if you have just a family history without without any genetic testing, then that does not automatically mean that you have the gene. So you can't assume that you have the gene just because you've had a family member with breast cancer. But when I when I talk to my patients and they have several family members or two first-degree family members, a mom and an aunt or two aunts or an aunt and a first cousin that have been diagnosed with breast cancer, and if they um, go on to say that there's also been an ovarian cancer possibly or a colon cancer. So when I'm talking to my patients and we're identifying the family cancers and there's a strong family history of cancers or multiple cancers, then I recommend that the person that was diagnosed first be tested for a gene like BRCA1 or BRCA2 um, so that we can then identify that patient's risk and subsequently also her daughter's risk. So we're talking about generational information that helps us protect our children as well. You know, Angelina Jolie um, is a carrier of BRCA1 and BRCA2, so she opted to have a prophylactic mastectomy. So there are options available when you have this information and when you're educated and you're informed. You know, that's a great point you brought up. A lot of times... So, so talk to us a little bit about this prophylactic mastectomy. You know, you're right. Was the, uh, a couple of years ago, that was had a lot of BuzzFeed within the media. Uh, where would you recommend that, or, or would you? Um, I would, I, I would recommend it to someone who has definitely tested positive for the BRCA genes, because we know uh-huh. without a doubt that those genes can cause breast cancer. And almost not a mat- uh, matter of can, it's just a matter of when. So it's kind of like a ticking time bomb. But that's not your only option. You know, you can be more aggressive with your mammograms. You can move from a screening ma- mammogram to digital or to breast MRI. So, you know, for someone who's not comfortable being that drastic with their treatment, but, you know, when you've seen a family member, um, be diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer and not survive, I think that changes, you know, your mindset Mm. uh, about what your options are. And then you have to look at, you know, she has children um, and, you know, survival. You know, women are more aggressive. We're forward thinkers now, and we want to live, you know, and there are options to, to allow that to live longer so that we can be here for our families. Right. Excellent. Excellent. And I think that's the biggest thing here. And, and I tell people on the weekly wellness show, we're not here to. Uh, you know, this is this is for informational purposes. We're not here to tell you exactly how you should handle uh, your particular situation. We're here to give you some information so you can share that with your family physician or gynecologist, so you can be informed. We want you to be informed. So now, Dr. Keisha, what happens? What's next? What happens after we do the testing? So after you do testing and you um, have your biopsy done, if you get a negative biopsy, then great. You know, we've done the process and we've done what we're supposed to do and you've gotten great news. And then you go back to your annual or biannual screening, or you can have the lump removed even if it's benign. If it's a fibroadenoma, you can still have it removed removed if you desire and you can go on with your life. And if you are unfortunate enough to be diagnosed with a breast cancer, Um, then we're going to start the process of referral. So you're going to see a hematologist, oncologist. We're going to biopsy the mass, and we're going to try to do molecular testing on the tissue, um, identify the type of breast cancer. Um, And then breast cancer is a team approach. So once you 
have seen your general surgeon, you've seen a hematologist, oncologist, and possibly a radiologist, you're going to get a team diagnosis for a plan of care. So you may end up with surgery and then chemo and radiation. Your lump may be large enough or you may have nodal involvement, so you may have to have adjunct therapy. You may have to have chemo before surgery. So um, there's no one particular plan for each patient. Each patient's treatment is going to be definitely specialized based on the type of cancer. Like we talked about, you talked about the triple negative. You know, if you're negative, you're going to have one therapy pathway. If you're receptor positive, you're definitely going to have a different um, treatment pathway. So therapy is going to definitely be individualized to the patient, but the process is usually the same. If you come back with a positive biopsy, you're going to have to have a port placed for chemotherapy. You're going to have a hematologist oncologist. You're going to have a radiologist, a radiation oncologist, and then you're also going to have your general surgeon. And that's going to be your core team for your treatment process. Okay. Now, what about the patient, Dr. Lakeisha, that is still in in the childbearing range and is thinking about still having a family or continuing having a family, uh, how does that impact what you talk about in the patient consultation? Um, well, when I, when I talk to my patients, when they come back and we discuss results, and I've actually had a patient um, two years ago who was diagnosed with cancer and had only had one child. And so being a female and just knowing life and just knowing all the questions that females typically have but they don't want to ask or that's not the that's not the most important question that they have at the time when they're diagnosed because they're devastated. And so I actually brought the, the topic up to her because I wanted to make sure that's something that she thought about because women have gone through treatment and not even thought about children because that was just not in the forefront of their mind at the time of diagnosis and they missed a step that they could have saved ovaries they could have done IVF or had some egg retrieval and frozen eggs prior to treatment so anytime I'm talking to a young female who has not had her tubes tied who only has one or two children and there may be you know the idea that they want to have more children I offer a referral to a reproductive endocrinologist And so just so you can go see them, tell them that you've been diagnosed, what your current plan of care is going to be, to see if freezing their eggs or just to have that conversation, just to give them a consult so that they know that that's an option so that they don't find out after they completed treatment and now they're like, oh, I'm over it, I'm a survivor, I want to have a baby, and then find out that that they can't. So for me personally, I always add a reproductive endocrinologist consult to my young females who are diagnosed with cancer. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's pretty appropriate. Like you said, uh, a lot of times we see, you know, patients very young age, you know, being diagnosed. And those type of questions come up, you know. uh, uh, Radiation theoretically should not impact uh, the ovaries uh, simply because the radiation is being directed toward the breast. But definitely chemotherapy, uh, depending on the agent, can have that effect, which brings about now this is uh, not just a question that the the patient may have, but her spouse, and they have to kind of come in and make this joint decision. Of course, you know, having the survival of the of the woman or, or mother is probably the first priority. But these are some some of the conversations that might take place. Now, what do you think about uh, supplementation? You know, we got a lot of supplements going on uh, with regard to being marketing. Um, you know, particularly estrogen supplementation. Have you found that to be a factor uh, in your practice regarding breast cancer? For hormones when they're not supposed to? Right. Right. Someone's yes. taking uh, supplemental hormones and that kind of thing. I have, and I recommend no supplemental hormones if you have been diagnosed with breast cancer, not prescription-based, not um, uh-huh. herbals. You know, because we, the research is still – you know, we're still researching it, but for what we know at this point in time, especially if you have a cancer that is hormone receptor positive, then absolutely not. You don't need anything that even mimics um, <laughs> hormones right. be- because you just never know. And so there are other options. You know, if you talk to your physician about the symptoms that you're having, there are other options to alleviate those symptoms without increasing your risk of having a recurrent cancer due to a possible hormonal exposure. Right, right. Those are very key, and, and again, you know, the nutraceutical market is, 
is pretty aggressive with regard to marketing. And so these kind of things that every woman should be aware of when they pick out some of these diet regimens and some of these hormonal replacement regimens. Uh, and uh, it just makes things or can make things a little complicated. Now, Dr. Lakeisha, how can we how 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 can we reach you? And what is what are some of your uh, media outlets? And what are some of the other things that that you do in your practice regarding women's health? So I am Dr. Lakeisha, your board certified OBGYN, and I specialize in helping women who are struggling with life sexual dysfunction, and self-image. Through my programs, products, and innovative medicine, I am currently helping women live purposeful, powerful, and passionate lives. You can follow me on Facebook at Dr. Lakeisha OBGYN. Excellent, excellent. Um, another uh, question that you might come up with in practice, let's say someone gets through uh, breast uh uh, cancer treatment. Have you found that, and I'm asking you this because I know that you're also, since you're an expert in women's health, and you've also touched uh, on the topic of sexual dysfunction, do you find that that becomes a factor uh, when your patients uh, come back from getting breast cancer treatment? Yes, I find that it's a huge factor. And I didn't mention earlier, but I really wanted to say that mental wellness is an um, important part of cancer diagnosis, just from trying to prevent depression, um, allowing people to support you, asking for support, asking for help, but especially when they come back and they've been, and especially if they opt to have a mastectomy, either um, single or bilateral, we have self-image issues that we now have to discuss. Um, Women without their breasts have issues of feeling feminine, um, feeling sexual with their partners, so even after you're cured and you think you should be the happiest woman in the world, these little mental problems start to sneak in um, and start to destroy your self-image and affect your relationship. So that's definitely another part of cancer that women aren't prepared for after they completed treatment and gotten the news that they're cancer-free. So I do a lot of counseling on couples and for for females just about self-image and how to alleviate that negativity and that negative mindset of not being sexy and not being a female just because we don't have breast tissue anymore. Right. Yeah, it's it's really about mindset, and it's also about perspective. And, you know, I think the audience needs to understand that, you know, compared to decades ago, back in the day, so to speak, I don't care if a woman had a breast tumor the size of a green pea or the size of a cantaloupe, that woman got a mastectomy, period. And things have changed. You know, we had the breast conservation, the breast conservation trial. So a lot of women are keeping their breasts uh, provided that it's not too far advanced. So there are a whole lot of options out there uh, with regard to this. And I think women need to get into the loop and stay in the loop with their primary care physician and their gynecologist. Uh, with regard to this, because there are options. It's like you said earlier, this is not a death sentence. And, uh, you know, like with any other test, a lot of us, um, you know, I think with men, we go through the same thing when we go get a PSA test and everybody's kind of cringing until those results come back. I'm quite sure women go through this with, with the mammogram, but it's a necessary test. The studies and the information that we just got back from the American Cancer Society prove that we are saving lives with this. So, Dr. Lakeisha, I'm I'm so glad that you're able to join us. Um, can you go ahead and give us uh, uh, your social media contact information again? Yes, I'm on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Dr. Lakeisha OBGYN. That's L-A-K-E-I-S-H-A OBGYN. Okay, and 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 everybody can or women can reach out to you. Yes. Great, great. Okay, well, hey, great topic. Uh, it's apropos for this month. Uh, you know we got to have you back at some talk about another exciting topic regarding women's health, so I greatly appreciate you coming on the show, Dr. Keisha. It is always a pleasure. Well, thank you, Dr. Williams. I have enjoyed being on the Weekly Wellness Show, and I'm looking forward to joining you guys again. Okay, all right. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes another fantastic show involving the Weekly Wellness Show. We hope you get some benefit from it. Uh, If you missed the show, please listen to us on podcast. Hey, don't forget, if you feel that any of this information is of benefit to someone else, please don't hesitate to share this information. So until next week, Taking Us Out is a group of jazz artists collectively known as In Groove. Until then, be healthy, be happy, and be kind.